0: Fresh Pickings is a podcast by Heritage Radio Network presented by Bob's Red Mill. Love learning about food? Get more superfood for your brain with the featured podcast miniseries Fresh Pickings. Go to bobsredmill.com slash freshpickings.
1: Faro is an ancient grain with an impressive pedigree clouded by tenuous designations and contradictory classifications. But at the end of the day, it's a delicious, versatile, and relatively accommodating grain. So we're going to hopefully clear up some of the confusion and understand Faro a little better. To do that, I'll be talking to Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past, about this grain's storied history. Then I'll head into the Roberta's kitchen to get their porridge recipe and find out why the Roberta chefs are so fond of farro. Welcome to Fresh Pickings. I'm your host, Kat Johnson. Stay tuned. You may know that farro is one of the so-called ancient grains, along with quinoa, buckwheat, chia, and more. As the name implies, ancient grains are those that have been changed very little by selective breeding from their original domesticated varieties. In other words, they're basically the same as they were 10,000 years ago. These days, ancient grains is kind of a buzzword. You'll see it in newspapers' food sections, on Cheerios boxes, even Papa John's gluten-free crust is claiming ancient grains as ingredients. But obviously, they're not new, And in the past, they were better known as heritage grains. Here at Heritage Radio Network, that word holds a lot of meaning for us. So to talk about what heritage actually means, I went to Patrick Martins, who founded Heritage Foods USA and Heritage Radio Network. Patrick, can you tell us exactly what heritage means when we're talking about food?
0: Well, on the most basic level, Cap, a heritage breed is one that's been unchanged by selective breeding or genetic modification. I founded Heritage Foods USA to create a market for heritage breeds of turkey, pork, beef, and chicken. Farmers who grow these breeds can't rely on commodity markets because the animals take time to grow. They just aren't suitable for factory farming. And that's a good thing. Heritage genetics preserve biodiversity, and ours are raised without antibiotics using traditional farming methods. Plus, they taste a hell of a lot better.
1: I will vouch for that. So does the same concept apply to heritage grains?
0: Totally. In the same way that heritage breeds haven't been changed to suit factory farming, these heritage grains haven't been modified either. These older strains of wheat and grains are gaining more and more attention because they taste better, they're better for the world.
1: So in the case of meat and plants, heritage not only means traditional, it means that it's better for our health and the environment.
0: Yes, eat more heritage foods.
2: When we're talking about ancient grains, faro is about as ancient as they get.
1: I'm talking faro with Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past here on Heritage Radio Network. Linda is a culinary historian and the perfect person to take us back in time. What's the story with faro, Linda? How old is it really?
2: Faro dates to the inception of domesticated plants and the advent of farming in Mesopotamia, or the Fertile Crescent. So we're talking about... 12,000 to 9,000 BC. For a long time, faro fed almost the entire Mediterranean and Near East. It's been found in the tombs of Egyptian kings and is said to have fed the Roman legions. Wow, that's pretty old. So
1: is the faro that we eat today the same as what the Egyptians and the Romans ate?
2: Farro is a term commonly used when referring to three ancient wheat varieties, or triticum. Today they're very popular in Italy. Spelt, the first variety, is called farro grande, or big farro. Emmer, which is Hebrew for mother, is called farro medio, or medium. And the third and smallest of the varieties is einkorn, which is German for one kernel. The Italians call that one farro piccolo, or little farro.
1: So with all of these differences, who's eating what and where?
2: Regional differences in what is grown locally and eaten as farro as well as the similarities between the three grains, has definitely led to some confusion. Emmer is the most widely available in the United States and by far the most common variety grown in Italy. The mountain regions of Tuscany and Abruzzo are covered in it. So why is
1: emmer so popular?
2: Emmer is considered higher quality for cooking than the other two grains, and it's sometimes called the true farro. Spelt is much more commonly grown in Germany and Switzerland, where people use it in much the same way, as is a or French for spelt in France, and might therefore also be called faro. Emmer is often confused with spelt, though it is entirely a different species. To make things even more confusing, faro and barley are often referred to interchangeably because of their similar characteristics. So when exactly did farro become popular in the U.S.? Some would say that farro is an overnight sensation in modern cuisine. It's actually been on menus in the United States for several decades, though historically it was rarer and harder to get. In fact, American chefs used to fight for supply, as farro allocation here was like fine wine. Thanks to increased availability and the ever-growing interest in rustic Italian food, farro has grown exponentially in popularity in the last few years.
1: Whenever I look out of the Heritage Radio Network studio, I look right into the Roberta's dining room. I usually get really hungry for pizza, but sometimes I have to explore the other parts of the menu. One of my favorite non-pizza items at Roberta's is the porridge. So I went inside the kitchen to ask Chef Jackie, what goes in this dish? Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me in the Roberta's kitchen today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Welcome. So tell me about this dish. This is our farro porridge. It started out...
3: We actually did a version of this dish in the winter, so it was a little bit heartier. We were doing it with kale and some other winter veg. But as spring rolled around, we kind of just wanted to create this lighter version of it because it was pretty popular. Would you like to hear about it? Yes. (laughs) So we just... Cook the faro really simply, uh, just in water with a little bit of salt. That's it. And then on the pickup, we mix it with a pea puree that is seasoned with shiradashi, which is just a Japanese dashi base. It gives it a lot of umph, you know, that little like in the back of your brain flavor that you're not really sure what it is. A little bit of Parmesan cheese, some English peas, and grilled asparagus. Right now we're using fava leaves. Sometimes we use pea leaves. It really just depends. And then we are finishing it with some mint and arugula, which we're getting from our garden.
1: Why did you decide to put a farro dish on the menu at Roberta's? Well, it's just really
3: a versatile grain. Pretty popular right now, actually. People really are into grain bowls and stuff like that. So, I mean, including myself, when I go out to eat, it's like what I want to eat, some grains and veg and, you know, light and healthy. So that's kind of how we came to that.
1: Do people usually have this as a meal by itself? Yes. Nice. Or with a pizza?
3: Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every everything our, on our menu pairs well with pizza.
1: Yes. <laughs> and tell me some other ways that you like to cook and eat farro, either at the restaurant here or at home. At the restaurant, because I have access
3: to certain equipment like a deep fryer, I really like doing crispy grains, uh, crispy farro. So cooking it and then letting it air out a little bit so it it loses some of the moisture and then frying it and mixing it into other grains so you get that nice little crunch
1: that's interesting yeah cool well thanks jackie this is awesome and i can't wait to eat this uh my pleasure thanks for having me Thanks to Chef Jackie of Roberta's for sharing tips for using farro. You can find the recipe for Roberta's porridge at bobsredmill.com freshpickings fresh pickings. Be on the lookout for the next episode of Fresh Pickings. In the meantime, you can learn more about Bob's Red Mill's favorite ingredients and check out some delicious recipes and great coupon offers at bobsredmill.com slash fresh pickings. Bob's Red Mill is a believer in good food for all. That's it for today. I'm Kat Johnson. Thanks for joining us.